one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering community for salt. This is the Howling Salt Mine. It's the Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast, the podcast where we delve into those salty, salty minds of the Magic the Gathering community. We'll find the saltiest stories, the saltiest posts, put them in our mind cart, and bring them right back up to you, our dear, dear prospectors, right at home, in your car, in the gym, in the supermarket, wherever you're listening. Uh, we're there with you, you know, in spirit. <laughs> Do you think people are listening to us in the supermarket? Maybe. The super, that was the weird one you picked. I, the gym. Who's getting pumped up to Howling Salt Mine to go fucking, <laughs> dude, you kidding me? Throw down. Put that <laughs> intro song on fucking repeat and you're juiced, dude. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense to me. But the, uh, the rest, the supermarket, should we be reminding people to get eggs? Don't forget eggs. Oh, yeah. Get, get the oh, yeah, eggs. Get your eggs. Yeah. Double check the list because sometimes you don't put all the produce together when you make your shopping yeah. list. You know? Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm done with the produce. And then you got to go back and get the onion and the and the scallion that you missed. The shallots. Like scrubs to me. Yeah. Dude, get shallot. I'm, I love a shallot, man. Shallots are good. Who doesn't love a shallot? I don't know, man. Get on your shallot game, folks. I, yeah. I feel like as a as a whole, all varieties of onion are pretty damn good and, and underrated. Yeah. And smell wonderful with a light fry. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh oh like, yeah, dude. That's oh man. That's like such a great meme where it's just like you know those like starter kit memes where it's like something starter kit and it's a bunch of images. One is like making the house smell good starter kit, and it's just an onion <laughs> and garlic and like a pan. <laughs> it's like every time we're cooking. It's like, ooh, what are you making? It's like, I'm just frying onions and garlic right now. <laughs> and I'm your host, Sam, as always. Hey. And I'm joined, by, joined by my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. Say hey, guys. What hey. up, what up, what up? Hey, guys. And before we nosedive into another tangent, let's fucking thank our nice tier patrons Fuck for yeah, supporting baby. us another month. We love y'all and appreciate the support. And I'm talking about Hephaestus Bolts. Prime Speaker Florian, Yef Judge, and Accidental TPK. You know him. You love him. <laughs> you guys okay? Just bringing a weird energy today, man, you know? Yeah, I like it. Uh, love that. You know, sometimes we, like, sit around and have an opportunity to jibber-jabber before we start the episode, and we get a lot of this out of our system. And then sometimes we jump on and we got to hit record immediately. So it, yeah. it's just that's that's when the beginning of the episode is a little bit <laughs> wacky. It's like the warm ups. You know, we're doing like red leather, yellow leather in yeah. the back. But now we're just doing it live and on air. It's more like get the shit out of your system and then be professional. <laughs> New York. But we don't have that chance. It's just fucking Trying a little to make ratchet. Sound professional, Tony. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did my diction exercises. I know that you guys probably did as well. We know you were out there just doing like a little me, 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 yeah, you know, you, you gotta you gotta you gotta warm up the pipes, you know. Did mommy make you mash some M and M's, Sam? Mommy made me mash some M and M's. That's perfect. Dead on balls accurate. That's pretty <laughs> fucking good. Yeah, man. We used to have a lot of like 
goofy vocal warm-up things. Oh, those are the days, dude. Now I mostly just sing the salty song of the week that I'm practicing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not a sick though, so I'm not like super in the deep vocal fry range like I was Ooh, on. Baby I girl. think it was our last episode. So you'll only be getting that sweet, sweet fry from Mike this week, like normal. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so uh... perfect. Oh man! So what's new with you guys? Are are you? deck building this is like oh shit guys uh who's that in the fucking chimney it's santa claus this is our episode before christmas comes out hell yeah is it really i think it is yeah it must be right I it is like close it, it definitely is do you or your partners watch shitty christmas rom-coms it's a whole fucking category like christmas rom-coms <laughs> yes. specifically is like oh my god you don't i watched the christmas prince once and i was like this is wild i think we watched that last night I don't even <laughs> <laughs> there are some wild ones out there there's some wild ones that were like portrayed as totally normal the one that always comes up for us is the family stone have you ever that? heard of this movie it's like i think it was like a theater level like movie it's got some big famous actors in it oh i love when they get famous people to do this shit <laughs> yeah fucking diane keaton's in it dude luke wilson hello yes. <laughs> claire danes dude oh my god okay well <laughs> anyway it, if, if people if people want just like a really odd one on the surface it seems like okay this is you know classic someone comes home to the family but then they, in the end, they swap, like the, the couples like swap significant others. And you're oh like, oh, interesting little partner swap. Are you sure it wasn't porn, Mike? What you- <laughs> I am sure. Thank you very much, Tony. I'm just checking. I'm just checking, you know. Check that yeah. search history, man. Like, I don't know. Oh, my God, Tony. Uh, yeah, was it, was it the family bone? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. that must exist there must be oh, a parody 100% uh, dude are you kidding of, me of that movie like obviously uh, that video title exists but like of that movie it's gotta be I feel like the funny thing about Christmas movies is that like all of those Christmas rom-coms literally are about like the same fucking thing they're just all mindlessly have like one twist to them yeah. oh yeah yeah but it's usually like somebody's getting married at Christmas somebody falls in love at Christmas find the meaning of Christmas do those three things and like yep. that's in all of those movies but like you know whatever the twist of the month is yeah but that's like the description of the genre right like that is that's yeah it's a Christmas rom-com it, it's got love and Christmas in it right I'm just saying yeah. like Stephanie literally like my wife is Jewish <laughs> and she is like such a big fan of Christmas season <laughs> for decorating trees now because like I love nice. trees we have ornaments out the wazoo. We got a share ornament this year because we like we watch a lot of Drag Race, the big nice. drag icons. <laughs> we're like, I don't know. She found it somehow. For some reason, I was thinking like share, like like an ornament that you both had ownership over, and I was like, what the mm. fuck are you talking about? No, you no, mean no. C H E R like, share. share? I do. Yeah. Yes, like, I mean share. 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 Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's a share ornament, man? <laughs> like a friendship necklace? You like put two halves together and hang it on the tree? Actually, be kind of cool. She loves those and she and she fucking loves Christmas rom coms. Like I I never find her not watching one like during the season. Like, <laughs> and she rips their like there's sequels to them. There's like four parts sometimes. It's like ridiculous. And she just like lets them rip. 
the thing is it's it's so light i i talk about media like that and call it cotton candy man because it's yeah. sweet it just dissolves instantly in your mouth while mm. it dissolves your brain it's got like no weight to it yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, and it's bad for you ultimately <laughs> yeah dude uh. Do you guys have any Christmas tradition-y kind of things or, or holiday tradition things, I should say? We we celebrate Christmas in our house and I am, I'm like a white Christmas nut. That's really like the only Christmas movie I go crazy mm. for, which is White Christmas with Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye and a bunch of other people. And I watch it like two or three times a year, man. And I fucking love it. I love it. I love all the songs. I love every moment. It's like super Are those quotable. two to three times during Christmas. So you're saying like, you know, usually in July, during Christmas. You, pop, you pop it on, I'll get a good <laughs> feeling. And then like... <laughs> usually it's like during Christmas because it'll be on like at the family party and then we watch it. And that's pretty much it. That's not something we've ever had. We've had movies that we always watched each year. Like I always watched the animated Grinch with my mom. Mm. That was just like what we do oh oh elf elf is fucking in there too. i'm gonna get hate for this but i fucking hate will ferrell what i know mm, i feel like i've flipped i just for so long he's just stupid funny and like mm. i just don't like that the, the thing with will ferrell is that like i get it i get it there, there's an era where he is in his fucking prime and then do you guys know what flanderizing is do you know that term no a little bit educate me yeah I think so, I know this one. Flanderization is uh, something, it's like a phenomenon in media, specifically in, in sitcoms, and it's based off of Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. And basically the concept is that like the longer a sitcom goes or the longer like any, you kind of extend it to any media property, the longer that it goes, the characters start to become caricatures of themselves. So like season one of The Simpsons, Ned Flanders was just like a friendly neighbor and then like season fucking 20 of The Simpsons, he's like walking around, waving a cross and like praying over everybody and being just like this absolute ham of like a Christian stereotype. You know what I mean? Mm. And I feel like that happened with Will Ferrell, where he had a bunch of like very genuine funny movies where he was like, I am kind of playing this sort of stupid guy, but it's really funny and it's very lighthearted. And then like it kind of caught on that he was like, oh, this is what people want. Now I'll mm. just do this formula of being this like goofy, silly guy. And yeah. and I'm I'm just playing a caricature of Will Ferrell in all these movies instead mm. of like actual Will Ferrell. That's what I think. I remember reading an article about I don't know. The whole article wasn't about this, but like it basically came up that he's like a really good kisser. <laughs> good at like making time. <laughs> <Tell me. laughs> <laughs> I know that's random. It was about the land of the lost. <laughs> that like oh, guys, I We'll literally never forget it because I do not know the actress's name, but she like makes out with him in that movie at one point. And like it was in this article I read and like it was the only thing I remember about the article. Oh, my Tony, God. You, you Tony. just have a, you have a schoolyard crush on yeah. Will <laughs> That's the problem. You don't like his acting, but you love his kissing. You're like, I hate him. I don't like I don't like him. I, I heard he's a good kisser, though. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right, okay, all right, all right. He's all right. always telling <laughs> stupid jokes through that beautiful mouth of his. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Will Ferrell movies, have you seen Stranger Than Fiction? That movie's fucking good, dude. Check mm. that out. It's like a serious Will Ferrell movie. It's quite good. Oh, interesting. I have not. Maybe I would watch it then. Yeah, it's like the only one he's done. You know what is sometimes Stranger Than Fiction? 
Oh, here it comes, folks. Our salty stories. Oh, wow. Mm, <laughs> nice. They are sometimes. That is true. That is true. You know? Oh, wait, Sam. Huh? What's Christmas salt? <laughs> um, gather around, kitties. Let me tell you the meaning <laughs> of Christmas. Can I sit on your lap? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, what is that? guys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just my carrot nose. Okay. Um, <laughs> salt is frustration in the game. Mike is waving his arms. Oh, no. He's he's like <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, this is gonna be a good one, I can tell. Yeah, this is gonna be a good one. <laughs> salt is frustration in the game, folks. It is when you're sitting down with a pre-con and you're like hey, I've got a pre-con. And someone's like, sweet, my pre-con's a little bit upgraded. And uh, they upgraded it with Demonic Consultation, Thassa's Oracle, and Fast Mana. <laughs> Salt is when someone sits down at the table and they're being a bit of a dickhead and kind of bringing the energy down. And even if the gameplay issue isn't really there, it's still kind of like affecting the vibe. Salt is a lot of things. It starts with the small grains and builds up to the full shakers. It's everything from being a little bit peeved to your commander getting removed all the way up to throwing a deck box across the room and um, uh, filling a stocking with coal. I don't know. I don't. I don't have something for you there. Sorry. Guys. I thought instead you were going to replace all that with like the plot of White Christmas or whatever the fuck that <laughs> thing is, and that would have been well. Better, it all starts okay. in World War Two. Yeah, <laughs> we that's were getting salt. bombed. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, that's salt. We talk about it so we can learn. And we can live, laugh, and love. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Bringing it nice. together. Get the fucking landing. For this holiday Stop cheer. That's great. <laughs> well, are you guys ready for a fucking story? Lay I'm it on me. So ready. These are all going to be Christmas themed, right? These are not Christmas themed at all. <laughs> Trash. <laughs> Nor do I think we've ever received one. I'm like trying to think, but I don't think we have. I think we've had some about secret santas maybe I, I don't know we've just talked about our secret santa which yeah. by the time this episode comes out we have already done it and i bet it was great and i bet my deck was the coolest yeah but i bet mine won <laughs> <laughs> i bet mine hung in there and did some stuff <laughs> i bet yours is assembled <laughs> oh man all right let's fucking get into it bring it down the chimney Bring yeah, it down let's, the chimney, baby. Send it down the <laughs> chimney, dude. <laughs> Still gonna send it, bro. <laughs> so our first story here comes from a patron, our patron Matt, and this one is titled "A Cascade of Greed," mm. and it goes, "Hi everyone, HSM is quickly becoming my favorite MTG podcast. I'd mm. like to contribute with my own salty story. Thanks, Matt. Fucking appreciate that, dude. Man, can we talk about the Spotify thing? Should we not do that?" What Spotify thing? The the numbies, oh, the rap man. Thing? Yeah, I'm about. To, I just want to say that, like, hey, turns out we're a lot of people's favorite podcast. That feels fucking weird and cool and good. And <laughs> yeah. to everyone out there listening, thank you. We got our like end of the year numbers from Spotify. It was fucking wild. 
Yeah, 999% increase from the year prior. (laughs) Yeah, as Digi aptly pointed out, when you go from 1 to 10, it's not a big deal. (laughs) Yeah, it is a 1,000. It is over 1,000% increase. Like, we maxed it out. So who knows what it really is? Really, that means is it's more than 10 times what we were last year, which I I believe. I believe that. Yeah, I believe that too. It's fucking wild. Especially because we only had half a year last year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I wish that Spotify was uh, a DBZ fan, though, and allowed it to be over. I know, uh, 9,000. <laughs> over 9,000 would have been so Over 9,000? Yeah. <laughs> what? 9,000? Vegeta, he's over 9,000. It's over 9,000! What? 9,000? <laughs> I, I recently watched that clip. Dude, you gotta watch so that good. clip occasionally just yeah. to stay up to date. I have not watched DBZ, but I watched that clip. Many <laughs> times. Yeah, it's necessary. Even if you yeah. haven't seen DBZ, you got to see that clip just to yeah. know. We'll link it in the show notes. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, for, I don't know if people have heard about this little show. It's called Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> All right, let's let's get back into it. Last night, I inadvertently created a salty situation for a playgroup at my LGS. I'm playing Niv Mizzet Reborn against an Abaddon the Despoiler Precon, an unfocused Grumgully the Generous deck and a Phyrexian-themed Atraxa Praetor's voice deck. What shade? <laughs> like, the other ones just get descriptors. <laughs> and then unfocused Grumgully. This Grumgully deck, poorly built. <laughs> yeah. Deck Builder had no fucking vision when it came yeah. to this deck, man. <laughs> that is funny. I use Karuga the Macro Sage as my companion to force a build restriction on this deck, and the mana base is built with gates. This is meant to be my low-power deck, but... I love synergy and value. It became clear that there is a power imbalance. The Atraxa and Grumgully decks didn't have a lot of synergy built into the decks, and the players were fairly inexperienced. I became the threat at the table through blink, reanimation effects, and a hefty amount of removal and card draw. My opponents did a fair job at keeping the field clear with multiple board wipes. Eventually, I had an enormous board state with 60-plus power ready to attack, but in order to close the game this turn, I needed to eliminate the opposing Atraxa player. I have removal in hand, but I've got a Maelstrom Nexus and Emoti Celebrant of Bounty. I could cast my Putrefy and kill the Atraxa, but the smell of value was intoxicating. Mm. So instead, I cast Vampire Charm Seeker for the double cascade trigger. What do I cascade into? A Time Wipe. What is what is Time Wipe? I Hold think up. that's a big old board wipe. I honestly need most of these cards. Usually I'm following along. <laughs> I've gotten like 10% of these. So I can say pretty confidently that Maelstrom Nexus is the five mana enchantment. It costs Wooberg. And the first spell you cast each turn gets Cascade. Okay. And then Emoti Celebrant of Bounty is, I think, when you cast something over CMC5, it has Cascade. It yep. might be six, but yeah. Yeah, maybe it's six. So so it's basically instead of the removal, going for the big double Cascade. And Time Wipe is two colorless, two white, a blue sorcery. Return a creature you control to its owner's hand, then destroy all other creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Get fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Is it Alara? I think it might be War of the Spark. Yeah, Yeah. it's War of the Spark. I never even thought of that in a Cascade deck. Oh, my God. Mm. I've, like, wanted to build one many times, and if I ever do, I will literally put no fucking board wipes in it. With Discover now, too, there's so many options. Yeah. I saw... Disgusting. I'm sorry. I have to tangent. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a list for the new dinosaur that cascades in Lost Caverns of Ixalan. Pantlaza? Yes. And there's a a build... You just run 95 lands, and there's a five-card chain that goes off once you cast 
Pat Lanza once, oh they my will God, just dude. win the game. It just ends you. It ends. <laughs> but you have to get to like whatever it is, like eight mana. Yeah. yeah. I think it's six. Five mana. You have to cast Pat's Lana, and it basically leads to a situation where you resolve world fire and barren glory. Oh my god, dude. Or not world fire, like is it one of the big annihilation things that clears everything except for one permanent. Yep. And it's just like it's deterministic that it'll go through and, and do that as soon as you cast it once. But if gross. you draw any of the cards during your hand, you then you're fucked. You you're lose. Fucked. <laughs> you lose. <laughs> Decks like that are so funny, man. They're so funny. That reminds me when Tybalt's Trickery had just come out in like Kaldheim and everybody was on like yeah. the trickery builds to just like crap out some big creature. Point flip a coma. Yeah. yeah, and I like I like had no idea what was going on because I hadn't been playing standard for a while, and I booted up Arena to play through Call Time. <laughs> you just got fucking stopped. People are jumping in these, and they're just like doing random shit. I'm like, That's what the so fuck funny. is happening? And <laughs> it's really funny. There are so many times where I was just like wrecking people as they're just trying to like spark a match, basically, and it just doesn't light, and I'm like, all right, well, you're dead now. And then like yeah. twice it popped off and I was like, okay, I see why people are doing this. This yeah, is funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the story. Yes. So now we know what time wipe is. The Abaddon player scoops and I don't blame him. Isn't it Abaddon? It is. Thank you. Abaddon? Yeah. Is it? Come on, bro. Abaddon? <laughs> it's like Aladdin, but he's fucking bad. Abaddon. <laughs> like Boggart? Bogart? <laughs> yeah, is this like Bogart? Abaddon. It's Abaddon. Right? Is it two Ds? Yeah, it's he's got the double Ds. Abaddon. Yeah. Abad, Abaddon. Abaddon. Okay. So the Abaddon player scoops, and I don't blame him. The game had lasted close to an hour. I'm embarrassed at this point. My greed caused me to drag this game out even further. I had another cascade trigger, though. Fracturing Gust, which is it feels like it sounds like a board wipe of some sort yeah yep it is another board wipe shocker bro don't put fucking board wipes in your cascade it's not it's not it i had another cascade trigger though fracturing gust but the battlefield is empty my graveyard has over 70 cards in it at this point and my library has maybe 15 i could just pass or i could that's not how math works do they have a shitload in their hand there are cards in hand and cards on the board I could eliminate in the yard, problem. 15 in hand, 15 in the yards. <laughs> like, Being 70 in the, uh, now we have to do the math. 20. 20. No, we don't. It's fine. Keep going. 70 in the yard and at least 15 in the deck and then 15 between their hand and the board as well. Hmm. Like, that's not crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you've played seven lands and you're on turn seven, yeah. you have two permanents out and five cards in here. It's so achievable. <laughs> <laughs> you just right. played a board Let me wipe. get through this story, guys. <laughs> Say, the story. <laughs> Say the story. I have to get through it. Uh, I could just pass or I could eliminate the problem, which was me. So I cast Pyrrhic Revival, reanimating everyone's graveyard. Karuga is in mine, so I get the draw triggers and I draw myself out and die and let the Atraxa and Grumgully player have at it. The Grum Gully player ended up winning the face-off. Hey, not so unfocused now, are we? Yeah, huh? who's unfocused now? <laughs> <laughs> I thanked the Abaddon player afterwards for being chill about it because I could tell he was annoyed. I think that removing yourself from a situation before you get salty with randoms at an LGS is a good move. And I've learned that if I can win, it's better to make it quick instead of showboating. Thanks for reading. I'm looking forward to games through Discord and all the extra content. 
dude, thanks for plugging yeah. the fucking Patreon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. I realized that with Cascade, I'm not forced to cast the card. I'm almost glad I didn't realize that that at the time. However, I would have just not cast the time wipe and would have learned my lessons. Hmm. Well, oh, is that how Cascade works? You don't have to. I feel like you do have to. I thought that was just discover that lets you not. Let's fucking find out right now, dude. To the rule book. I mean, I don't put board wipes in my uh, decks anyway, but what I learned is if I did make a cascade deck, I wouldn't put board wipes in it, even if it's optional. Because yeah. if I get to roll into it and it was like, just don't cast it. Like You may cast it without paying its mana cost. You do not have to cascade. Mm, I didn't does know it just stay exiled if you don't? Or does it get shuffled? Yeah, it says you put the exiled cards on the bottom of your library in a yeah, random so order, it so go. it just goes back yeah, in. Interesting. Go. Very interesting. Discover lets you put it to hand, by the way. Just oh, really? in case that mechanic didn't seem busted enough to anyone. Yeah, it's fucking broken. <laughs> well, Matt, hey, it fucking happens. I think we all see the fucking value on board and just want to be like, ooh, but what if I just got another trigger? What if I just drew a couple more cards and got some cooler shit and then could cast that? And it's like, oh, man, just let me get there. I feel like Sam says that because that is Sam. <laughs> Sam cannot, like... <laughs> He's got a clear win on board and he's still playing. Through. I'm like, Sam, fucking swing at me. Like, I'm dead. Like, nothing can happen. Nick does the same thing too. And he's like, going off. I'm like, Nick, just fucking kill us. Like, I think, I feel like Nick gets analysis paralysis sometimes. If he like has enough beaters on board, like, I feel like this happens with Giada where mm. he has a shit ton of angels. He can definitely just swing out and kill one of us, but he's still like, well, I'll just put like one angel worth of damage on each of you. And it's like, dude, just fucking kill us. Yeah, just he likes to it. sit back for sure. Because like even in the game we played the other day, he had a bunch of zombies out and just didn't swing with any of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <One turn. laughs> and then the next turn he made a fuck ton more. And like I, like the jackass was like, dude, why don't you fucking swing with them? And then he swung them all at me. Yeah. <laughs> so- <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a lot of shit talking that happened between you pointing that out and him swinging at you just to. No, for sure. But I just like, <laughs> I do think that's like a a play pattern of his where he, he doesn't swing out. I feel like he likes to be very defensive until he can just kill everybody. Yeah. Yeah. When he could chip away more and like maybe get more games from doing that. But I definitely way. get that with my Roger Arden deck. I get like fucking tunnel vision where I'm like, my game plan is I attack with Roger and I will have like other viable attackers on board that I can just be chipping in on damage with people. And I just forget about them, man. And it's like, I feel like that shit happens. You you just kind of get lost in the sauce and you you want that value, dude. Yeah, You see your value (laughs) and your deck is doing like the thing it's supposed to do. Right. And so you're like, I want to keep doing the thing. I don't want to fucking kill you yet. I want you to see me. I want you to see me (laughs) do my thing more and then I'll kill you. That'll let this game in <laughs> upon my greatness. <laughs> it's sort of a uniquely commander like thing to have happen a little bit, though. Yeah, like, I feel yeah. like other formats, you're like, OK, well, this one little new piece of information completely alters my plan of how I'm going to sequence my turn. Whereas commander, it's like, I see how this game's going to go for like the rest of the game. And I just am excited to do all of it. And I'm just yeah. going to keep, you know, casting stuff, jamming things. Yeah, 100 percent. Well, part of it is because, like, I feel like other playstyles are about efficiency and, like, it's so much more about win the game. Commander is about win the game, but I feel like a lot of people play for fun and to, like, mm-hmm. do their thing. Like, because you know you're not always going to win, but you're like, if I do my thing, then it's cool. Other formats are just like, if I don't play optimally, I can just lose. Mm-hmm. And Commander's like, man, I did a thing because, like, I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
when it comes to like one v one, I feel like that really only happens to me when the board gets so cluttered with attackers and blockers that I just can't math it out. And I'm like, I don't know what the safe attacks are mm -hmm. and I don't know what the safe blocks are. So I'll just be really defensive and I won't swing. And mm -hmm. I think I probably lose a lot of games because of that apprehension, you know? Mm -hmm. It does get to a point like that, though. I do want to harp a little bit more on one of the things Tony said, which is just like, don't run a board wipe in a deck that... <laughs> <laughs> a board wipe, when you can't time it to make sure it's only a time that is beneficial for you chaos is a dude really bad card to have yeah. in your deck yeah if it can actively hinder you instead of in theory only getting played when it's going to benefit you like imagine running a bomb in your deck that just makes you lose like you don't want that <laughs> <laughs> you don't <laughs> yeah, yeah especially when your deck is like a creature-based value engine you yes. know what i mean like yeah. you want to keep that shit out there and keep those cascade triggers going. The other thing is like Emoti does fucking nothing. If you're not casting fucking six mana cost spells, then Emoti does literally nothing. It's a three one for five mana that just sits there. So if you have one cascade a turn, you don't want to fuck it up and get like a board wipe that you just want to tuck to the bottom of your deck and you don't even cast it. You know, it's sort of like yeah, yeah. I don't, it's just wasted value, too. Yeah, you sure. can totally run one sided things like you can definitely run things that deal damage to all of your opponent's creatures, things like that. Totally reasonable to run. But a thing that's mm -hmm. going to temporarily screw you over is, is not what you want. <laughs> yeah, that's not it. It's not a thing for sure. I also want to just quickly poke at this Abaddon player. Got it right first time. This Abaddon player that scooped. Abaddon. The Abaddon player. Such a valid scoop, man. I, I think if you are seeing an opponent that has the win and chooses to do something else, that's a moment where I would feel totally comfortable scooping. I think normally we're we're pretty harsh on scoopers here, but that feels pretty valid to me. Yeah. Scooping in a situation like this, you're always totally reasonable if you decide to scoop. The main thing, I think, is just that you never get to expect someone to scoop in a in a position like this. Like, yeah. the Abaddon player would also be completely within their rights to keep playing it out and try and go for it, you know? So, yep. so both are, are pretty valid. Yeah, I feel that. What do we think about the uh, salt rating here on this one? <laughs> I like it, man. I mean, it's a good salty confessional. It's that embarrassing mm. salt where you're like, Oh man, I was such a dickhead at the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like when you showboat, you just take those 10 minute turns and you're like, I'm fucking doing it. And then you look up and everyone is so, so bored and they do not care what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And, and you didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you whipped right. too. You didn't like, even You did something, but it wasn't, it didn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. The the real show off is ending and, and winning the game concisely. <laughs> like, like, nice. Now we get to play another. Yeah. <laughs> also, the shame of killing yourself in the game too, drawing yourself out. We didn't even talk about that. That's like hilarious that you're like, wow, I'm so ashamed of my showboating that I will just create a situation where I lose the game and I set up these other two to have a really interesting match. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, shall we do another? Let us. Let us. Let us. Let's do another one, you know, in the spirit of uh, fucking holiday cheer. Let's do another one. Let's go sailing. Am I right, guys? Among the trees so green. This one comes to us from. Here I come. We just hadn't made like a Christmas reference in a while. So yeah, I feel like I did jam tracks. one in. This one comes to us from our friends, Wizards of the North. Hi. Fucking maybe. Must be near Santa. With Santa? <laughs> Christmas oh themed. God. Did we do it? Oh. Holiday themed. 
they're some buddies of ours. Fantastic YouTube channel. Go check them out if you haven't. They're they're good dudes. And I've been trying to get this story from from Ryan over at Wizards of the North for a while now, and finally got it earlier this year. So I'm happy to share it now. This is so you've been soliciting this story. Yeah, for a long time he was like, "I've got a good salty story," and I'm like, "Well, you should send it to us." And finally, we got it. So you yeah. also just say earlier this year. We're at the end of this year, so like. When did you get this? How long have you been holding out? Like aggressive. What are you doing? That's Don't fucking up. show my receipts and my dirty laundry to everyone, Tony. <laughs> maybe I'm a little disorganized. Maybe I maybe I misplace a post from time to time. Hey, you know? hey, it's gonna happen. What are you gonna do? Hey, I'm trying to run a tight ship around here. I'm trying to run a tight podcast around here. Yeah, it was a while ago. <laughs> well read it then it was not christmas themed when it was sent to me let me say that um and this post is titled laptop story and it goes so we had a guy in our group who i'd say i got along with the best but we definitely had competitive issues him and i played hockey together because of magic I should also mention that the Wizards of the North are from Canada. So this is like fucking fully branded, you know, oh, they're like hitting all of their bingo hard items right away. Yep. They fucking everybody there plays fucking hockey <laughs> <laughs> while we were drinking our maple syrup. Okay, yeah, that's probably. <laughs> and that only caused us to be more competitive with one another. One day while we were playing at my place, he's playing his Beantown Bullies deck, which is a shitty deck to play against. And he makes it known to the table that he is coming for me first. So, of course, anytime he tries getting the bully's favorite toys like leveler or things like that that hurt me, I countered it to hell and back. He eventually gets pissed and declares, I'm not even allowed to play this game before he says, I scoop. I mentioned you said out loud that you were going for me. Am I supposed to roll over and let you bully me out of consideration for your pride? Damn, dude. Savage. <laughs> he gets up really angrily and he whips around and he knocks my laptop off the counter that we had propped up to play the UFC pay-per-view for us. Oh. It fell. He's clearly broken. And by the time I realize my laptop is broken, he's already at my front door with his shoes on. One of his buddies had to chase him outside to get him to come back and explain, this is going to destroy the group. <laughs> yeah. We all figured to let him have the night and he'd cool off until he texted one of his buddies and said, here's a list of stuff I left at Ryan's place. Get it for me. Oh, my God. Oh my as God. soon as our friend Nate asked me for Evan's stuff, I announced that that's sketchy shit and shows he has no intention of fixing it. So, so fuck that. His shit is staying here because if he doesn't fix my laptop, I'm selling his shit to recoup the costs. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> his buddies got pissed and now tried telling me that my actions would destroy the group. Eventually, they sent me a message the next day calling me every name in the book, and then a week later sent an apology that I've still yet to bother even opening. We kicked everyone from his friend group out of the playgroup, and our magic nights have improved by leaps and bounds by not having toxic players around. Whoa. Damn. This is not what I think of when I think of Canadians. <laughs> yeah, or Christmas. Where's the spirit of giving? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point, you know? Santa's elves could have fucking fixed that laptop, dude. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> this is intense. This is like playgroup drama, like heavy, yeah. heavy playgroup drama. This is just people drama, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Magic just happens to magic be Magic happens to be the <laughs> kickoff event. Yeah. Scaling <laughs> into a much larger issue. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like if Tony broke my laptop, he would just pay for a new one. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'd give you ten cents for the value that it is. <laughs> I mean, you're not. You tell me wrong. how much of a piece of shit it is. So I'm yeah. just be like, yeah, you're I, not wrong. You just buy me another Chromebook for hundred. I'll bucks. give you tenfold. I'll give you a buck. Like, oh, dude, <laughs> dude, that's a go buy yourself something nice. Like nine hundred ninety nine thousand percent increase, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's savage, though. So the magic stuff going on was just saying I'm gonna get you, and then getting got. Like, come on. I feel like the magic stuff at hand is extremely mild. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like how many times do we kick off a game and Tony is like, I'm fucking gunning for so-and-so this game and we just roll with it and it's funny you know yeah yeah but it is it is the sort of thing that then casts this destruction of a laptop in like a totally different light (laughs) it means you're you're heading into this situation with these already like super elevated tensions between you you know and then like if you're good friends with someone and you damage their laptop you're like oh man i'm sorry i should probably yeah I'll try and fix this. If you're on the edge and already pissy and mad and upset about this stupid game that you were just playing, then suddenly it gets blown up into this whole situation. Definitely. I I can see like just wanting to get the fuck out of that situation. If you're like flooded with salty emotions and, and feeling real bad, you know, like I think they were right to give their friend a, well, their former friend, like a day to cool down. Yeah. That was really considerate. Be like, yo, chill. And then we'll talk about it. But, you know, shouldn't have been counter spelling that uh, Beamtown Bullies, you know, dude? Yeah. Fuck blue. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. You heard it here from Tony first is go break a blue player's laptop. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. I don't know. Yeah. If you didn't play blue, it wouldn't have happened. People can't buy a force of will if they have to be spending their money on new laptops. I mean, so. dude, sometimes a braid does three damage to a creature and sometimes it destroys an artifact. love that that track's super hard i'm lucky that i think all of us are are lucky like this i've never had any like crazy drama in any magic group that i was in yeah i was gonna ask her to be honest any group to like a scale like this (laughs) i definitely had some drama or seen drama between other people in like gaming groups that i was in But a lot of it is just like egos kind of rubbing against each other or like personalities that don't really jive. But it never moved beyond like heated words and stuff like that. I guess maybe that's abnormal. I don't know. I I feel lucky that I haven't had to deal with that shit. If anything, you could almost kind of detect that maybe this person is not the best like friend you know, not going to do the friend thing of helping you replace the thing they damage. Yeah. Maybe this is like your early detection system if you're playing with people a lot and you start to notice that they can't even handle like kind of a game dynamic, then they can't handle more serious early stuff. detection system. When your shit gets broken, <laughs> when your technology is destroyed. No, before that, like you, you might know that this person might be a jerk by not yeah. know, how they're treating you in the game a little bit. Like instead of like a a laptop getting broken, maybe it's an iPad and you're like, or, yeah. or, or, a, or, you know, an iPod, like an old school one. And you're like, oh man, like they broke my iPod. They might continue to escalate and eventually break my laptop. You know, <laughs> you like set out, set out some other lower quality, less expensive electronics to kind of <laughs> <Yes>. like, <laughs> to really gauge, gauge the price. <laughs> no, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> If he won't replace uh, your electric toothbrush, he's not going to replace a laptop, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's it. Oh, dude, you busted the battery door on my electric toothbrush, man. You owe me <laughs> fucking double A's, dude. Next time you come, <laughs> tell Ryan to take his double A's and get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> what do we uh what do we think about the salt rating on this dude, one? It's so high. Are you kidding it's so me? High. Yeah. Yeah. A friendship was destroyed. Yeah. This this story had two instances of people being like this is going to destroy the group. <laughs> and, it, and it did. And it, yep. did. And it did. Yeah. People have like said that was going to happen before. Like destroy. But is there, I don't think we've ever read a story where it happened. Like it happened here. Like, yeah, <laughs> the prayer group was truly destroyed. But also who's ever going to land on the side of like, you got to give him back his stuff before he pays for the laptop. Yeah. Like what? Where are those? Where are those friends at? Why, yeah. Why man. people fallen on that side i don't understand you know sometimes you meet people through a hobby and hang out with them for a while and then kind of like you were saying earlier tony like you kind of realize over time like like the veneer comes off and you're like maybe if we didn't have this hobby in common i wouldn't like you and we wouldn't be friends (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. let's hope the magic doesn't uh go under because i might lose some friends (laughs) 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 yeah man we'd be kicking you out (laughs) (laughs) broke my Uh. fucking toothbrush dude (laughs) well should we move on to another one guys yeah fuck yeah take us home let's do it so this is a salty story that comes to us from one of our patrons and this one comes to us from grumpy coast hey thanks grumpy Grumpy. and the story goes Uh, there isn't a title it's just called salty story so hey we're going into it and it goes lets you go in fresh like a fresh bit of snow <laughs> on the ground on oh, Christmas yeah, morn. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, fucking get those chestnuts roasted on an open fire. Am I right? Hell yeah. That's a fresh smell right there, too. I love that. <laughs> Do you salt the chestnuts that are roasting? Uh, Probably. I don't think I've ever had a roasted chestnut I don't in think my I have it either. Like, it ever. sounds like one of those things, like a fucking gumdrop, where I'm like, that's not a real food. Like, who's eating, like, sugar plums? What's a fucking sugar plum? You've dude? never had a gumdrop? What is a gumdrop? Isn't it just like a little a little drop? Of gum? Candy, <laughs> like a little candy. No, not gum, though. It's just like a little candy. Like a gooey water droplet? Like, what is a gumdrop? Is that a real thing? Isn't it? Am I crazy aren't they How like the little chestnuts oh gumdrops? dude yeah like okay a, I dots, have had it. Yeah, dots like a, are like a gumdrop yeah okay. yeah huh. oh my gosh <laughs> the fuck's a dot oh like in those little package things oh yeah they're God. like in the little, little yellow box and they like rip your fucking teeth out when you chew them yeah well <laughs> depends that. on the teeth dude a sugar plum is a real thing too man <laughs> well i mean i figured it was whoa i do want a roasted chestnut now Plum in the name of this confection does not always mean plum in the sense of the fruit of the same name, but commonly refers to small size and spherical oval shape. Wow. Huh. Fascinating. It's just hardened balls of sugar. It's literally <laughs> it's literally just a hardened ball of sugar, it says. It's just like a weird old hard candy. Nice. Wow, we're learning so much that. shit today, guys. I don't know. You guys are going to astound your family members around the Christmas table with these sick facts. How did we, <laughs> how did we get to gumdrops and sugar plums again? Uh, I think we were talking about how we have a sugar plums dancing in our heads. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it goes. Yo, Grumpy here in your Gmails for another salty story. Hold hey. the Uba. Nice. Good. Yeah. <laughs> hate Uba mask. Get that out of our salty stories. Get that shit out of here. I don't want that. Not for Christmas. 
So my pod gets a few games going on Labor Day. Uh, we've had this one for a while. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> it could have been that he didn't share it until, like, <laughs> recently. Uh, you know, it's, it's not. not. It's, it's not that, Tony, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Try to help. Fuck, bro. <laughs> the first game goes quick as hell as my friends and I are on new brews and get trounced by turn seven Olivia's Wrath with a cordial vampire. My dude clobbers the two of us who looked the most developed and then kills the last player the turn after. The second game, we want to run strong precon to upgraded precon level, and I whip out my pretty mid dice rolling Will of Swords Coast Sailor deck. I threw together with stuff I got from the Baldur's Gate box and maybe like 10 to 20 other cards I ordered. The buddy after me is on an upgraded Urza Lord Protector precon. The guy after him is on an upgraded Melissant precon. And the source of the salt first to play is my good friend Chet on Vishcal Aristocrats, a deck he's had since the pre-EDH days and never swapped out for a better commander. Nice. Throwing a little shade. Throwing a little shade at Chet. <laughs> I'm not doing much through the first eight turns, but honestly, no one else is except for Vishcal. I do have a Hexproof Aura and Umazawa's Jeet on Will, and since he's constantly had the most life due to draining, I kept hitting in for one at a time and start to have a healthy amount of Jeet counters. Is it Jeet or Jeetay? I think I've always heard Jeetay is what I say. Jeetay? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Umazawa's Jeetay. Same as Abaddon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Abaddon's Abaddon's Jeetay. Abaddon's Jeet. Abaddon's Jeet. The new 2024 Ford Abaddon Jeet. <laughs> we get to a crucial point where Urza asks me if I'm going to kill his Urza in response to activating the meld ability. I kind of want the meld to happen to keep Vishkal in check, so I agree to let him have it if he doesn't remove any of my permanents. Much to my disappointment, he says I should have specified what I wanted him to do with Urza's abilities. He doesn't remove any permanents on Vish's side either. Instead, Urza is threatening a board wipe the next turn, and now I need to make some decisions, since at this point, I'm at the lowest life at the table at 13. On Vishkal's next turn, he pumps his mirror entity. I had forgotten to GTA it on a player's prior end step. Whoops. I decide I want to GTA it now, so I do in response. We both become idiots for a second because he attempts to give pro red to the entity before I use the GTA's ability again in response. <laughs> he stews <laughs> for a second before then activating Vish's ability in response to sack it and get counters. He then sacks a few more now pumped up creatures, which makes Vish huge and proceeds to take me out. Of course, then Urza wipes and runs away with the game over the next few turns in a resounding victory. Afterward, the Vish player admits the mistake, but me fighting him on the stack to take out the mirror entity made him so salty that he tunnel visioned and made me pay for my transgression. Uh, that's never happened to me. He says, I wasn't going to hit you initially. <laughs> he says, I wasn't going to hit you initially. I was doing all that so I could take out Urza. I reply, well, you could have, you know, said so when I moved to respond to let me know what your intentions were. From my perspective, being at the lowest health and constantly tickling him exclusively with Will's commander damage. At this point, I actually had 10 damage on him. I immediately thought he was coming for me or hitting several of us at once from which I would most likely die anyways. At the same time, though, I guess I could have asked who he was likely coming at that turn. We we're all usually a little more smart about making political plays or just table talk in general. So this is definitely a missed opportunity on a lot of our parts. 
Stupid salty bitch learned his lesson though, <laughs> as he didn't get the win either. I love y'all. Chat with you soon, I'm sure. Grumpy. Mm. Thanks, Grumpy. Slay. I do have one issue with this. Did he say that he has a Vishkal from the pre-DH days? Yes. Because Vishkal was printed in a Commander 2011 product. Hmm. That's wow. the first printing, even. So if your friend is all on his high horse like i've been playing this guy since before commander was a thing just let him know that that's not possible <laughs> literally the flagship product yeah not at all happened. <laughs> i love vishkal i bought that deck and i got a soft spot for uh for that commander i think he was in the gave guru of the sports deck was he yep that could make some sense. Yeah, he like he can sack a creature, put plus one plus one counters on him, which is equal to the creature's power, and then remove counters from him and put minus one minus one on mm. another creature for each one removed. So he he's kind of like an interesting removal engine. To the story, I get this, man. I feel like this happened to me in our CDH game on play to win, where Cam had like a win attempt going on and was about to wheel, and there was like an orcish bowmasters on the board. And I had Marath, and I just assumed that the Bowmaster triggers were going to fuck up my board. So I popped the Bowmaster before we even talked about it. And I could have probably politicked and been like, just put all the triggers on Cam, who is like actively winning right yeah. now. And, you know, like got a little bit more goodwill and just made smarter table decisions. But sometimes when you think that you are going to get got, you get a little too defensive, maybe. At yeah. least I do. And like kind of tunnel vision into protecting my shit, you know? Yeah, you like outthink yourself almost. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That That's well said. Yeah. I know. I speak well, so. We all laugh because we know it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny when you say a true statement like that. that yeah, gives me a chuckle. obviously. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like this this just happens, man. It happens from time to time. Like I'm I'm trying to think of the last time this happened with us. It might have even been on our game on Tuesday where two people were just going at it way too much and did not focus on someone who was like an actual threat. And then you guys looked up and were like, "Oh, you two both have 40 life." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was like me and Tony trying to fuck up each other's boards and then I looked up and I was like, "Oh, Mike has 40 life and like 10 thopters." Like five. With the capability to make 50. Well, <laughs> maybe. It's interesting because I feel like sometimes you get to a point where there's like decks at the table that you don't trust. And usually that happens because you know them. Yeah. For the example that Sam's kind of talking about right now, like I knew the deck that Sam was playing and he was playing fucking Gave. And I knew the deck that Nick was playing. And they're both like very high powered. Like Nick was running like a Lord Wind Grace, just like fucking powerful deck it's got like yeah. fast mana it's got all the things to ramp stuff it's got like all of the fucking cdh commanders in there like it, it's synergistic it's just really strong and gave is a hyper strong combo deck that like mm -hmm. looks unassuming until it's like oh just kidding i win <laughs> some would say unassuming yeah some would yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever but tony speaks well so <laughs> i speak good. Speaks well. i speak real good guys uh but so as a result i like almost got blown out in a couple moments because i had like a lot of little little bits of damage i was throwing around yeah that i could have focused more in specific areas if i had just talked about what i was trying to do uh, rather than just like doing stuff kind of blindly and not letting uh, other people speak. Like when something happened, I would just react to it instead of being like, well, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like what makes sense table? 
Yeah, I think that's hard when you have decks that are very known and you know the direction that the deck is going and you're kind of like, like with Wind Grace, Nick really just needs like one or two cards drawn that really crack that deck open and he just starts yeah. fucking going off. And same with Gave, you know? Like I, I've been listening to a bunch of Legendary Creatures podcasts. Shout out to our buddy Andy over there. And they talk a lot about commanders that have PR problems where mm. it's basically like this commander is always going to have heat on it because I'm playing a Gave deck and you're like, okay, I know what's going to happen. Like, I yeah. know you're going to try to combo <laughs> off at some yeah. point. So yeah. I'm just going to be fucking ready for it the whole time. Yeah. yeah. When you're facing a deck like that, it puts you in this position where you don't really have the liberty of like thinking clearly because even when I'm like, no, let me help you. It's like, yeah, maybe I could put a little pressure off of Sam, but he might just take that and do a win attempt next turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think sometimes if you have like a politics moment that went sour where you're like, hey, I won't affect your planeswalker if you flip it and don't destroy my stuff. Like you had this deal negotiated that went kind of poorly. Sometimes there's then this like level of burnout from there of like, well, talking to people isn't working for me. So I'm just going to play my damn cards and do whatever I got to do and attack people and try and make something happen. I, I don't know. I find that happening too. Like once something goes wrong, you're like, I give up on that completely. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. I feel like that happens with us too, where it's like, if we've had some tense moments already, the, the amount of effort it's going to take for Tony and I to come to a peace agreement and team up to fuck up Nick is like extremely high. Yeah. It's usually like death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you see the game on Tuesday, for an example, like Tony and I both fucked up each other's shit a lot. And then, it was literally the turn Nick was like, I'm going to attack and kill everybody right I'm gonna now. I'm going to put Finale of Devastation on the <laughs> stack with X equals 10. But yeah. even with that on the stack, like Sam was like, well, are we going to die? I was like, yes, Sam, yes. <laughs> I still wanted to do the math, dude. If this resolves. <laughs> like, if this resolves, we die. <laughs> to be fair, like, again, you were coming across as shady, dude. I was like, <laughs> I feel like Tony is trying to pull one over on me right now. You know, and I know Mike felt it, too, because we had to band together like the fucking Avengers to take down Nick that game. <laughs> and, you know, we were both sort of like, are you being honest, Tony? Because Tony did the math and Mike we didn't like check it. I'm... We didn't check it. <laughs> Mike doesn't think that I'm being shady. Mike thinks that I can't count. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that I missed triggers. <laughs> Which was really close. Which you did not count correctly. I did count correctly. I just technically did the math wrong yeah i'm like you did the I math wrong. the wrong thing wrong Got it's fine right don't worry about it so basically like i was right <laughs> the, the scenario i don't have to get into the details here but the scenario was that we were all just like using all of our available resources like sacrificing things shit like that to get damage on nick uh tony was playing togo itchy Techic, and he had something where he could tap equal to like a creature's power Whatever. So when we were sacking artifacts, it made his shit stronger. So Tony did the math and it was like exaxes. Like he would use all of his shit to kill Nick. I would have to destroy two artifacts and Mike had to sack two artifacts. So Tony does the math. We're like, all right, I guess we'll agree to it. We're very suspicious. I'm like, Tony, do your parts first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's tense. We're like, and everyone's like, whoa, you don't think he can do it? Like, do your first. So, so Tony goes through it all. We do everything. And then Tony is like left with some shit on his board. And we were like, what the fuck, dude? You made us tap out, use all our resources. I had a singular rock left that I thought I didn't need to throw, but I did need to throw it. And I threw it and it was fine. Because it was exactly <laughs> Exactly. You just did the math wrong and you did need to throw it. But there was this moment where I was like, 
fuck you. (laughs) The problem is that I did the math correctly when no one was talking to me. And then when everybody's like, do the things, I was like, ah, like I was doing it wrong. And I was lowest health total. And I literally needed to have one mana up to save myself from dying from Tony. So the fact that I had to kill Nick and fully tap out, I mean, I just wasn't in a good position in that game anyways. I was going to fucking lose no matter what. But, you know. Yeah, I guess I king made, but whatever. <laughs> you definitely didn't king make. Mike wound up winning. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yay! Every once in a while, he's got to get a win, right? Lowest, yeah, lowest, seventeen percent now. Hey, yeah, baby. <laughs> Circling back, what do we think about the salt rating here? This one isn't super salty to me. I'd say that this is just like a teaspoon, maybe maybe an extra little sprinkle on top of that, like a heaping teaspoon, you know. Hmm. This just feels like mixed politics. It feels like both Grumpy and Grumpy's friend both had opportunities to solidify deals and be a little bit more political, but weren't really saying their intentions clearly. Like Grumpy had the deal with the Urza flip, the the Urza planeswalker meld that kind of got flubbed because they didn't really say like, these are the full terms of the deal. The implication is that you're going to fuck up the vish cow player you know what i mean yeah and then when the vish cow player was building their board and trying to take out the urza player and kind of building towards that grumpy was fully tunnel visioned and again like that urza player could have spoken up could have been like this is my intention you have priority now nothing's quite on the stack yet like let's talk it through you know but that shit happens but there's also like the GTA activations right yeah that's true yeah so i just I feel like G- i feel like oh. yeah there's the Abadoon's Jeet. Uh, <laughs> I think it's one of those examples of if you start having kind of a an off game, you're missing some things here and there, deals start going sour, things are getting a little weird, they can kind of fall apart and stay. It can be a little self-perpetuating in that way of like, okay, this game almost started on the wrong foot or has been going kind of whack for a couple turns. It's, it's going to keep going that way now. Well, is it that fucking time of the week? Yes, Tony, it is that time of the week. I think Fuck it's the time yeah. of the week that comes every week. Every fucking week, baby, tell me. It's the time of the week where we say, Mike? Mike, 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 Mike. What's the salty card of the week? The salty card of the week this week. I don't want a lot this game night. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about my win rate, cause tonight is not about me. I just want you to bitch and moan, (laughs) saltier than you've ever known. Did I mention I play blue? (laughs) All I want this game night is to say fuck you (laughs) (laughs) that's good i wrote that like five minutes before you know i've never thought before that we need an album but in this moment now i did (laughs) (laughs) uh that's all i want for christmas is you by mariah carey requested from our patron prime speaker florian thank you prime speaker florian thanks florian good selection (laughs) i thought you just did it because it was a christmas episode i mean i I did prime speaker florian this is literally so money but it makes it so much better that someone wanted it yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and and I wrote this one. This is lyrics were not provided. I I uh, crapped this out a couple minutes before the show started. Well nice. done, <laughs> well crapped. Nice. Uh, it's also nice. a particularly good song for it because this salty card does particularly say "fuck you." Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so this salty card of the week this week is Emrakul, the promised end. Oh, mm. have we not done this one? No. Wow. It is a 13 mana legendary creature, Eldrazi. Emrakul, the promised end, costs one less to cast for each card type among cards in your graveyard. Mm. When you cast Emrakul, you gain control of target opponent during that player's next turn. After that, that player takes an extra turn. Flying, trample, protection from instance. Interesting. Yeah. So, Tony, this card make you salty? You know, I've never had it cast. In a game that I was in, hmm. I imagine with the types of decks I run that someone would choose me and sacrifice all of my things <laughs> <laughs> to yes. no gain for me. And so that would definitely make me salty. But the the only benefit I can see is that it is harder to do than like a fucking mind slaver. Like this mm -hmm. happens when you cast it. And like, sure, they could bounce it back to hand. There's like things they could do to recast it, but they still would have to spend, you know, Probably at least 10 mana, like maybe eight mana if they really had a bunch of shit going on. Like they got to jump through some hoops to do it is maybe what I'm saying. So it's like there are some hoops. I feel like it, yeah. it doesn't make me overly salty. If you could blink this motherfucker and do it, then I'd be like, this is a piece of shit card. But like, you got to cast it like you got to put in the work. Like You, you earned it a little bit mm -hmm. when you, you pop this bad boy down. But I would be real sad because I would likely be targeted for the types of board states <laughs> I usually generate yeah. <laughs> because they're the most fuckable. Like you can like come in yep. and fuck that shit up and real sacrifice good. Sacrifice all of your permanents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you often have a sack outlet. The, yeah, your, your board state is often hanging on by like a thread. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and in the desired state of like, if you poke me, I'm gonna fucking pop, and yeah. like shit's gonna go everywhere. But when I do that to myself for no reason, then then that's bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's bad. How about you, Sam? What do you think? I have also never had this cast against me. I will note that it just recently got more powerful now that we have battles, which is a new card type. So mm -hmm. it's uh, going to be even cheaper if you can get all, what is it, nine of those card types into your graveyard now? Yeah. The interesting thing about like the Mind Slaver effect here is that you take control of a player's turn, and then after that, they get an extra turn. So it's really like you're kind of creating this additional turn before their next turn where you get control, you get to fuck it up. And then they have a whole turn to try to like fix it, rebuild it, crack back, things like that. So it really has to be kind of like a specific opponent that you pick for this. It needs to be a board that, as Tony so eloquently put it, is fuckable. You know, <laughs> a board that you can fuck up. <laughs> Hopefully something that has sack outlets, something that has a bunch of like creatures that you can attack into someone with a bunch of blockers. A player that, you know, runs board wipes. Mm, mm. That would do it, too. Yeah. I mean, you need to have some opponent that you can leverage where when they immediately get that next turn, they're not going to like just go right back at you. So I, I think there's a little bit of a challenge there that you could fuck it up depending on who you pick. But I mean, it's pretty fucking powerful. 1313 13, with cost reduction flying trample protection from instance is good but not like amazing and not like completely it impenetrable a huge a majority of, of the interaction though <laughs> yeah. 100 percent. but like you know it'll it's not protection from everything you know that's yeah. what i'm saying like compared to the the other emrakul 
No, but it does yeah. make it really hard to interact with before it gets to your turn that is getting taken control of. Yeah. yeah. It does sort of mean like the fail case play pattern for this is if there's someone that's starting to get scary, you play Emrakul, you take control of their turn, you swing something of theirs at you and block it with a 13-13. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there It you sort go. of reads yeah. that you get to eat the biggest thing on this player's board also. And then if you have another player that's willing to trade some stuff into a t- an attack, you can get a ton of value off of this, I think. I think you can use it in a lot of different ways because you could also use it to take that powerful person and kill someone. Yes. Right? And, right. and, and like... It. And just be like, hey, I'm going to kill this person who's like either a threat or coming up. Just don't fuck with me. Like, that's the thing. Like, I'm going to yeah. target you. I'll leave your board state like alone. I'm just going to kill this person. And so that it's like they get a swing. Then you, you get to untap. You get to swing at them again and they're dead. Oh, but man. you just like leave that me is alone, interesting. Right? Use yeah, Emrakul so the like... Promised End as a fucking political tool and be like, I'm going to give you two turns in a row. Except yeah. I will control one of them. <laughs> that's that's very interesting. That's a weird yeah. twist. Yeah. Mike, how do you feel about this card? I like it. I'm a little salty that it's the only Emrakul you can play in I feel that. <laughs> Commander. I do like <laughs> like the you know um, the other the legendary... Wanderer is actually Emrakul, Mike. Did you know that? Did uh, you know that theory? I don't I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah, I think that's been disproven. <laughs> <laughs> but what a card. It's intense. I've never seen it resolved or cast in a game, so I don't have any like actual experience to speak to it on. Yeah, it's all theory crafting. It doesn't feel abusable, which I think is weird. Like if if you got infinite casts of Emrakul, you're still giving people a lot of extra turns, right? Like how do those extra turns resolve? I'm not trying to make this into like a judge corner moment, but if you had truly infinite, you could like do that. Oh wait, no, because the no. extra turn resolves. Yeah, extra before, turns get like banked. Like the yeah, yeah, yeah. I think all of the you control that player during their next turn. All of those stack on the same turn. Yeah, it's just one turn. So, so you would just be able to give someone else infinite, <laughs> infinite well, there, If you had Ugin's Nexus, then you could be like, they can't start an extra turn. There's also some shit you can do where like you get the game into a state where taking a turn is bad, and then you force someone to take infinite turns. <laughs> Have you you've seen some of those interactions, right? Where people like <laughs> yeah. lock themselves out of the game. They like chronotog all of their turns away or yeah. something like that, and then make something that deals like one damage to someone every turn. <laughs> I mean, if you bounce this back to hand, like team or Sabretooth, infinite mana, right? Bounce it back to hand and cast it infinitely. Cloudstone Curio. Yeah, Cloudstone would do it. Give all of your opponents infinite turns. So like, like you just need to have some kind of like stasis or winter orb or something where them drawing their entire deck doesn't matter. And the foregone conclusion is that they will deck themselves. What if you just take all the cards from the salty cards list, put them in the deck, and then... Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, man. (laughs) Okay, interesting. We broke it. Well, we did it. We did it. Where does it sit on the list, baby? That is indeed the question. What do you think? 33. Hmm, 33. Um, I really want to say 25 because there's 25 days of Christmas, but I don't mm. think it's that high, but I think I will do 25. Nice. Well, you're right. It's not that high. It's 38. <laughs> so Damn. Takes yeah, it. bitch. Get the 38 fucked. days of Christmas, dude. Fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what percentage of decks is it in? Yeah. Who's playing this? It's got to be under 1%. No, this one actually does say 1%. Wow. Interesting. The thing is, as like just a 13 mana 
large effect. I feel like this is just a classic like EDH big Timmy card you put in your deck. Yeah, like sure. If you're running big mana stuff, you're playing huge creatures. This is a very easy and reasonable huge creature to throw in your deck because often this is like you know we lightly touched on it but this is often like an, an eight or nine mana spell for a 13 13 flying trample protection from instance is relevant on its own Blample, baby yeah and then it also does all this stuff with potentially at a ceiling completely obliterating someone's board at yeah. a floor like maybe eating a creature or two or impacting them a little bit it seems like based on the decks it appears in that it's, you know, top curve for uh, colorless Eldrazi decks, which makes a lot of sense. And then it also appears in a lot of like either big mana decks like Krufix God of Horizons or fucking Joyra of the Gitu where you're suspending stuff and like reducing cost. Or it's in like Joda or a Jacob Hauken deck where you're you're cheating cost for big things and casting them for free. So. It's kind of interesting to see which decks are pulling this card in and, and making use of it. Like you said, it's probably just a top-end bomb to bring it in, maybe cheat it in, or bring it in at a reduced cost and just kind of value people, really. Yeah. Very cool. Neat. Well, thanks for playing. That's been the Salty Card of the Week. <laughs> and thanks, Mike, for the lovely Salty Card. What a gift that you give us every week. Every motherfucking week. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. And thank you to our Salt Packet Plus tier patrons. We got to shout y'all out. We got Rothbox, Bobo Fett, Sam Power Gamer, Clearbrook, and Captain Cross. Captain Cross. Thanks for the support, y'all. We appreciate it. What? 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 And thanks to all the other prospectors out there for tuning in every single week to hang out with us in the Howling Salt Mine. If you want more Howling Salt Mine content, you know where to go. We got that Patreon, baby. Patreon.com slash Howling Salt Mine. We got extra salt. We got stray grains. We got Patreon game nights. We're drawing tokens. We got a token monthly mailing club. We got a lot of shit going on over there. It's fun. We just did <laughs> a holiday deck exchange, and we're going to be playing uh, like the first or second week in January, coming all together with our cool little $50 decks that we brewed, jamming games with everybody. It's going to be fun. So, you know, we, we get up to some shenanigans in there and it's a good time. Another way that you can support the podcast is to check out our merchandise. We've got a lovely bonfire store, which would make a great holiday gift that you probably don't have time to purchase before the holidays are here. But hey, you know, well, you can purchase it before the holidays are here, but you might not get it before the holidays <laughs> yeah, are here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but hey, you can still do it. Um, we also have custom dragon shield sleeves that we're selling on our website as well. So go check that shit out. Another thing that you can do to help out the podcast is to give us a five star review on your favorite podcast app of choice. It really does help people find the podcast. And I know I say that every week, but it is actually very true. It sounds like a lot of people find us because of that algorithm on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever. So your five-star review is going a long way to help grow the show and support us, which we appreciate. If you have a salty story that you want featured on a future episode, send it to us. We would love to have it. We would love to hear from you. Hear your salt. Hear your salty confessions. Get it all over here. Send it to us on our Gmail, thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com, or submit it through our website, which is howlingsaltmine.com or thehowlingsaltmine.com. We are contractually obligated to have both and contractually obligated to be inconsistent with the the. <laughs> this is true now. <laughs> and as always, we ask you to keep that short, sweet, salty, and to the sugar. Is that Ooh. what we say? No. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>
I like it though. <laughs> Fucking hate it. And uh, the last thing that we got to do is shout out our amazing podcast artist, JD Burnett, for gifting us this beautiful podcast art that we rock every single week. If you're ever in Asheville, North Carolina, hit him up and get a tattoo from him. He's a really cool dude. Merry Christmas, JD. 10,000 subscribers are buzzed. Indeed. That'll be the ultimate Christmas present for all of us. I bet by this time next year for Christmas, we're all getting tattoos. That'd be <laughs> nuts. That would be wild. <laughs> well, stay salty, everybody. Happy holidays. And as always, don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's the Howling inevitably have one of those section that goes yeah longer. bloat a little bit yep cool little bloat action louise so. bloats and yeah, nothing like a little i like a little scrote bloat <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> is, is your scrote bloated dude i almost couldn't even sometimes so I'm like, doctor, man. <laughs> sometimes i'm gonna say like a gross weird thing and i like i like can't even get it out i like, like, <laughs> yeah. like i feel like i'm pretty good at straight facing that shit and then sometimes i'm just like scrote <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh god uh. well let me take a little sip of water here boys I wish you like slurped it into the mic instead, but I didn't get it at all. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Power of Zoom, dude. Yeah. I just fucking slurped it like very bad. <laughs> Zoom just saved you. Zoom was like, we got a slurp nice. filter. Don't even worry. Yeah. <laughs> it was a certified slurp filter. <laughs> uh, hold on. No punctuation. Let me fucking hit this fresh. No punctuation? You can't fucking read, dude. <laughs> a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> So we have me hidden in, or like, what's going on? (laughs) Let me let me read it. (laughs) I do think. Oh shit! I had something to say, but then we talked about a bunch of other shit for a while. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mike. Get back in my brain. (laughs) Get in there. I just. I, I gotta say, I'm so appreciative of Tony being here, so I don't have to fulfill my contractual <laughs> obligation. Do your own mics. I, I, <laughs> I'm so glad that it is now written into the contract that Mike must say it for himself. <laughs> if if I am not here, this is the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just filling. I'm filling our vocal fry quotas. Uh, I'm about to fill uh, it too. For us, yeah. uh, So, uh, what do you guys think about uh, Lost Caverns of Ixalan? <laughs> I love that pant laser. I've been eyeing for so long. <laughs> Did you hear um, it? Or was it cutting job. it out? Good yeah, we job, heard it. It was Tony. great. Uh, good I was just job, making sure buddy. it was coming through. No, it, awesome. it wouldn't have been worth it We're if proud I was of you. doing it and like Zoom had canceled it out like <laughs> your slurp. Um, no, it surprisingly kept it in. That That's very interesting that it has a slurp filter, but it doesn't filter out other like monotone at this songs. point i'm not convinced you slurped for us yeah same i think you're i think you're slurp shy <laughs> <laughs> i will never slurp in front of another person yeah i think you fake slurping and are making a big ruckus about zoom oh not... Here, let me let me just do right now <laughs> that one we got i got, I got, I got a little bit of that <laughs> but that sounded so like you fake were slurp. lying sound like a sound. real slurp you know yeah that was a fake slurp i can't have anyone hear a genuine slurp but i'll take a slurp i'll fake one 
Well, with that, oh, is it that fucking time of the week? <laughs> I, I need to emotionally recover from that. That's not the line, Sam. That's not the bit. Oh. Some of these transitions are going to be so awful to edit. I, I, think, I think it just stays in, buddy. <laughs> Shit. A little Christmas gift. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that one definitely stays in the. <laughs> <laughs>